Hi, I'm Ronnie from Wasted Potential Podcast. This time of year, people have time to reflect on things that really matter in their lives, and also things the tragedies in the world, like famine, sex trafficking, poverty, death, and all those serious epidemics in our world. But people are not talking about one major crisis, and that is poor podcasters. For the price of an expensive corporate cup of coffee, you could give booze money to someone like Shane. Say hi, Shane. Hi, I'm Shane, and I'm poor. But I decided, hey, how am I not going to be poor anymore? So I started a podcast that requires me to give Amazon $3 a movie every fucking week. You cucks. Today, you can help me, Shane, not be poor anymore. Give us money. No strings attached. Maybe cash, so we don't have to pay taxes on it. <laughs> why? Because, why not? You give your money for other shit. You buy NFTs, which is air. You buy things that... Just give me that money. Don't buy an NFT. Give me money, and I'll do something funny with it. That I can promise you. We'll do something funny with your money. And buy a yacht. Join our Patreon. We won't promise you anything in return. Besides, more of the same content. Maybe a shirt. I don't know. It'll be a shirt of me doing stuff with your money. It's potential podcast, and no way will give Shane any of his money. Hmm. the new year it's january 2022 and the same shit that was happening last year is still happening this year and we're all gonna die and biden's a hologram (laughs) welcome to wasted potential podcast i would like to thank our new alien overlords for supporting this podcast and uh (laughs) our new sponsor the chinese government yay Yay. No skeletons. They did it. No blood. Same podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Uh, we're recording this on literally January 31st. We're kicking off the last day of 2021 with some drinks. And we're going to talk about movies we saw this year. Or at least I'll talk about movies I saw this year. And Shane will talk about things he's already seen. <laughs> I will entertain Ronnie's premise for this and then not follow it. <laughs> this is literally like i have to spend i think this is our 30 this will be our 31st podcast this year we, we some, one of us is working really hard this year <laughs> yeah i i can't watch enough movies so um so this is basically my chance to talk about movies that i've seen and then i forced <laughs> shane to watch a couple of them yeah so that he can actually barely talk so this is a very shameless podcast you're all welcome yeah this is this is the ronnie show with a couple appearances by me <laughs> So we're going to talk about some movies that I love, um, movies that were okay, movies that are terrible, maybe a couple TV shows, and then, like we did last year, we'll wrap up with the movie we watched together, or at least I forced Shane to watch with me. Holy fuck. And um, a way to torture him. Yeah, it was it was something. I don't know if it was a movie, but it was something. <laughs> there was flashes of colors and... Pictures and faces and sad faces on a screen. And underage moaning. 
<laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> okay. So, um, there's tons of movies I saw. I um, I made a list of everything I saw this year. And I saw a lot, because... What else am I going to do? I don't have a life. So, Shane didn't see shit because he's actually busy. I'm way too busy. So, there's tons of things I wanted to talk to Shane about. So, I gave him concessions and saw three of the things. <laughs> two two of them he didn't tell me to watch. <laughs> yeah, just lucked out. So, I wanted to talk about Dune. Shane, have you seen Dune? I have not. Oh, shit. Okay, uh, how about The Green Knight? Hmm. Um, I saw The Green Lantern. Okay. Did you see Last Night in Soho? I hate the Beatles. <laughs> so a lot of movies I liked this year, Shane didn't see. So instead, we're talking about something I saw that Shane's never heard of called. In my defense, I wanted to see Dune, and by the time that I could see Dune, about three weeks after its release, I could not find it in any theaters, because <laughs> apparently no one will put movies in theaters for more than ten seconds anymore. <laughs> and Shane can't afford HBO Max, so... I can watch Casablanca again in theater, <laughs> but I couldn't fucking go see Dune. Instead of talking about those wonderful movies that I really wanted to talk about, we're talking about other ones I saw. My first one on the... the well, Shane, if you even to describe what movies I like to watch, how would you describe the movies I like to watch? Um, if there is deviance, uh, sex, but not like hot sex... Like, you know, like rape and like <laughs> trauma and, and then like picture, you know, when like they have the audio, like they have the boom mic and like they're picking up audio, but there's that weird humming <laughs> you just hear people breathe, breathing in the scene. Just, so what are we going to do? <laughs> that's what ronnie likes aka misery porn i love me some misery yeah, porn yeah. so my first pick of the year is a movie called saint mod um roll the clip <laughs> roll the misery there dear god your presence graces the air and soon everyone will see hi you mod yes hi when you pray do you get a response Oh, it's like he's physically in me. This movie was made in 2019, got shelled because of COVID, and got dumped onto video in some time in 2020. I didn't see it till 2021, so shut the fuck up. This is my one break of the rule, because <laughs> I love this movie. Um, the premise is it's about a girl who suffers from of like religious delusions. She thinks she sees saints and God, and God's telling her to do these to do certain things in the name of god so then she becomes a like a, a hospice nurse and takes care of these women and we don't really know what she did in the past but she got in a lot of trouble for doing something so then she's basically questioning is she crazy is what she believes real she's like struggling with her literal demons and it ends in murder and fucking uh uh emulation it's fucking beautiful <laughs> the end <laughs> um yeah. i think i saw a preview for it and i was interested i can picture it because she's like a nun <laughs> isn't she 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 looks and dresses like a nun very kind of like amishy and she's not she's just she's just trying to she's a it's it's a, it's a sad story because it's basically about a woman trying to find her way in the world and everything in her life has fucked her over and then it ends in misery, and it's amazing. It's like you know what you know what's actually like is like the 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 Joker, but instead of like you know, 
some kind of stupid thing about classism. This is about religion and faith and murder. Oh, so something the the Joker would actually care about. Yeah, the real Joker would actually care about. Yeah. But yeah, it's um the main actress is like creepy looking. It's all well shot and directed. Like you said, the ambiance music is like um it's like almost like machine in the background, just like rumming and humbling, and it's awful. There's some great visuals because it's all about seeing things that may or may not be there, and it it's a it's a miserable party if you like things that like push you and make you feel bad. Good, so don't see it. Let's talk about the next <laughs> film. <laughs> Nothing worthwhile comes easily. The good girls go to Which I did see. Oh, Roll the clip. Come on, squeal. Squeal. I don't fuck my pig. <laughs> that is the absolute line of the year. Also, like... What's the underdog of the year? Like, this movie came out of nowhere. And if you watch the preview and just look at it, you go, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. But then you watch it, and it's such a treasure. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll take this one. So the movie is Pig. I'm looking for a truffle pig. Starring Nicolas Cage. Yes. <laughs> and it is about a man in the woods who is a hobo. I'm pretty sure you can understand that that's Nicolas Cage. Or Dan. Yeah, or Dan. And he owns a man that hunts truffles. I mean, a pig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing Dan getting truffles in the forest now. Um, now, he has a pig that is a truffle pig. And... What I did not expect from this movie is it to be so... It's like Chef. If Chef was homeless with a pig, the John Favreau movie, which I also saw again this year. Roll the clip! <laughs> no, 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 just stop. Right, um, no, uh, so Nicolas Cage and his pig are just chilling in the woods, and he sells truffles for beer, or, I mean, like, other ingredients to, like, make things. Um, and then meth heads steal his pig. He goes on this weird journey into the underground of the high end restaurant industry <laughs> and, uh, goes with this guy that helps him. Family issues are resolved. Nicholas Cage learns that it's not about the pig. It's about his dead wife that he hasn't resolved. And spoilers, uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. If I could see them, you don't even need it. Just see it. It's great. And uh, it's an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's emotional. Nicolas Cage doesn't say more than ten words to include I don't fuck my pig. Um, Nicolas Cage participates in a bare-knuckle underground ass-beating ring for chefs. I. It's weird. But at the same time, simple and a great short story. Yeah, it's. I remember seeing the trailer in theaters. I'm like, this looks like something for me. Because you might think when you see the trailer, it's like a bonkers kind of like, um, kind of like Mandy or like like or like like Willy's Wonderland yes. or Nicholas Cage is crazy, and he's the most subdued he's ever been probably in his entire acting career. Yeah. And um, 
and there's, there's there's that one scene, just that weird underground fight scene. Everything else is extremely grounded and stripped down, but that's just a random hey, Fight Club now. Why yeah. not? Yeah, and but, um, but, the whole food angle isn't really advertised in the the previews, but it's very it's like a artsy foodie film too, in a weird way. Yeah, and has and has so much to say about like about the industry of food, but specifically about careers and career paths, and like um, uh, if you listen to Waste Potential podcast or Shane's other podcast, um, daddy issues. So it's a big thing that they always want to talk about on our podcast. <laughs> people with daddy issues and things like that, and issues with like um, spouses and loss and forgiveness. It's like the most beautiful movie I've ever seen. It's about Nicolas Cage not fucking his pig. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't fuck his pig. And um, it's a sweet little movie. Um, you don't get a ton of them. You can tell the director had a vision. He has a style. He had a little story. And he made a great film. And uh, with Nicolas Cage, which you don't say very often anymore. Roll the Con Air <laughs> clip. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that... That was the bees from the Ah, no! <laughs> oh, no, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! <laughs> so I liked a lot of movies this year. So I try to pick movies that no one's talking about. And there's this next one's called Zola. Hey. Last month, I went dancing at this cute spot in Florida where my roommate's girl made like five G's a night. Because of my we just met yesterday and you already trying to take hoe trips together? Be ready by two. Hi, bitch! You want to hear a story about how me and this bitch fell out? It's kind of long, but it's full of suspense. Zola is something that I would never actually want to see, but... There was nothing out, so we saw it, and I fucking loved it. Zola is based off of a Twitter rant by a stripper. <laughs> she went on Twitter and told this really long story about this other stripper that basically kind of convinces her to like almost get involved in prostitution. And it's 90... I think it's like 90 minutes. It's really short. Mm. It's 90 minutes of the most ridiculous story of these two girls and that get caught up in a prostitution ring. And it goes from... Absolutely hilarious, absolutely obnoxious to absolutely, oh my fucking God, what's going on right now? There's no themes. It's just amazing characters and the most bonkers story about two strippers and their two nights in Florida. <laughs> Always Florida. So it's like War Dogs, but with strippers. Um, It's kind of <laughs> like, I never saw War Dogs. I'm trying to think what this is kind of like. You would hate this movie because in the first 10 minutes, I was... a is obnoxious they're constantly talking and millennials speak and text talk little bubbles are popping up on the screen it's very much like that so uh, i thought oh god what am i getting into but then it wins you on just these the really good acting and then you eventually kind of just deal with the characters because they're so outlandish and trashy mm -hmm. and the acting is phenomenal um one of the strippers who gets um, involved in prostitution is riley Kila, Kyla, or whatever her name is, uh, she's uh, Elvis's granddaughter, and she was in my favorite movie from last year, The Lodge. So I was like, okay, she's a good actress. And it's just about how you can just get sucked into a really terrible life and ends in violence. And as the, one of the funniest scenes, ending scenes ever, just ends. 
something so stupid ends and i'm like this is just great it's it's a fun 90 minutes if you can tolerate text talk and a lot of dicks there's like no tits in this for a movie about prostitutes and strippers no female nudity but there's so many dicks you have to have a high dick tolerance i'm out (laughs) (laughs) i'll take dicks but i need tits if you want a dark comedy about kind of two obnoxious characters going through an absolutely bonkers weird excursion like an odyssey it's kind of like pig where it's like a weird odyssey into this underbelly of strippers and drug dealers and gang members and then the end you just go what's the point of that there's no point it's just kind of fun nonsense i highly recommend you go see zola why you on my twitter why you on my facebook why you on my tumblr why are you dming me Sis, why are you tagging me sis. in photos? You don't even fuck with me. Sis. Let me know. Sis. Let me know. Yes, me... sis. Nice. So the next film I actually saw, <laughs> <laughs> I saw too. I'm enjoying this style. We should do this more often. Um, so this <laughs> fascin- fascinating. I saw this next movie because my wife and I were going to have a movie night where we went out to the theater, and. I she wanted to see Spider Man, and I would rather see any other film <laughs> than Spider Man. So we saw. Roll the clip. I will ask you simple questions. You will answer in short sentences only what you believe to be absolute truth. Absolute truth. I can do that. Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, right. No, we saw Nightmare Alley, which I didn't even know came out. This thing just kind of appeared to me. But it, yeah. Guillermo del Toro directed it, and I love Guillermo del Toro. He always does great little monster stories that aren't, they're not strictly monster stories. They're stories with monsters in them. They're fucked up fairy tales that have Yes. Yeah. And so uh, Bradley Cooper joins like a weird carny circus and learns the art of tricking people into thinking you're a medium and then becomes very good at it takes it to chicago i think and then this weird plot ensues where he goes a bridge too far and life unravels but it's really more about this weird theme that maybe you and i can get into about overall i enjoyed the movie but it's not guillermo's strongest by any by any stretch of the imagination yeah let's talk about this movie because I was really excited for this one. I think this one got pushed because of COVID. Maybe maybe it didn't, but I, I remember hearing about this and seeing teasers and trailers, and I really wanted to see this one, and I was kind of disappointed. It's by mm-hmm. no means a bad movie, but like you said, it just wasn't what I was hoping for. Because when your last movie is about a woman who wants to fuck a fish, and you go back to, <laughs> you know, just Citizen Kane, but with carnies, it's like, ah, it's not as, yeah. you know, interesting. Well, and first of all, I will say the acting in this, top-notch. Everyone did very, very well. Willem Dafoe, really great. Bradley Cooper, <laughs> good. He's always good. Um, he doesn't really elevate it. He's, yeah. He's not bad, but he's just kind of, he is what he is, but everyone else around him, like, shines. Kate Blanchett did well. Um, Which I just realized right now, looking at the cast, we watched two movies with Kate Blanchett and Ron Perlman in it. Oh, uh, yeah. Ron Perlman was eh, but he didn't really have a big part. Um, Rooney Mara was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just yeah, it's it, yeah. When uh, the, it's actually really good when it's about her. When it kind of focuses mm-hmm. more on her, it's a little better because I like, I feel like her character has sympathy, while Bradley Cooper's 
Not well, he's kind of a dick from the beginning. You forgot the yeah. by the end. So so like you kind of lose all sympathy for him because you know like Citizen Kane, you have the rise and fall. This guy was always just kind of a dick, and yeah. but you still know he's a dick until the end. Yeah. Um. I was really into this film, and I think this film would have been better because my wife and I talked about it too, where we walked out and we're like, "Man, was really on the hook until the end, where like." the the full circle or you know where it kind of breaks the reveal yeah the reveal so like spoilers turn off now so i thought jk simmons was gonna or not what it wasn't jk simmons why do i keep saying jk simmons spider-man fuck was that guy? the old guy the, yeah uh, the rich guy yes richard jenkins richard jenkins yes very good actor did a good job I thought he it was going to be more about the, his unborn child and like some some really awful twist was going to happen there. But then it was like, oh, I'm an evil man. And then Bradley Cooper kills him. And you're like, oh, okay. But like then it turns out to be this whole circle about him becoming the geek, which you could kind of spot. I spotted that, but that's just because I watch movies a lot when Willem Dafoe gives his speech. But I don't know. There was so many points where... You wanted your jaw to drop. You wanted that big, like, oh, fuck moment. And then you turn out that Kate Blanchett basically just does the South Park fucking thing where Scott Teneman has to eat his parents because he slighted Cartman. <laughs> like, it's literally like that. Like, the most nonchalant slight in this whole elaborate plan unfolds to ruin their life. And you're like, that was it? Because he said you were weak? Because he said you had daddy issues? What? That That's what this was all about? Oh my god! I made you eat your parents! Yes! Oh, let me taste your tears, Scott! Mm, your tears are so yummy and sweet! Oh, the tears of unfathomable sadness! Mm, yummy! Yummy, you guys! Yeah, it's an underwhelming kind of reveal of like, oh, okay, I get what you're doing here, that everyone is a con, everything's a con, religion, business, uh, psychiatry, all of it's just kind of a sham to make money. I get that, but she needed more of a, in my opinion, a reason. It reminded me of, of like The Incredibles too, when like the bad guy's a bad guy, and I'm like, why? Because the bad guy's a bad guy, it doesn't really matter. It's like, well... We need more than that. Yeah, I I thought it was going to be, too, like, she, when they, they're doing the reveals, like, oh, fuck, he wasn't tricking anybody this entire time. This was some weird university, like, um, Shutter Island kind of reveal, like, where it's like, oh, yeah. this was all a test, and you, you know, was, and I was like, oh, shit, that's interesting, but it didn't, and then the geek thing happens, and you're like, oh, but it's not a bad movie, it just, you keep climbing the hill, and then we get to the top, you just see a fucking swamp. Yeah, it was just, it was an underwhelming climax. It's beautifully shot, though. Mm-hmm. Um, great sets. Editing's great. Everything's so fantastically made. But yeah, the story doesn't... Like, I don't mind a downer ending. Trust me, if you know anything about my movies, I don't mind a downer ending. But it just, like, I didn't mind the ending with the geek thing. I'm like, okay, it's a cool setup and payoff in the end. And by the end, you know, we're all being conned. But I, my biggest thing is the Kate Blanchett thing. I was like, oh, this is, doesn't feel yeah as interesting. And and apparently this is like a remake of an old of like a novel and an old movie. So that 
I guess that twist would probably be better, you know, 70 years ago, but now it's not as, it's like, oh, okay, we well, you know that was going to happen. Yeah. Why else would Kate Blanchett get involved with, you know, some, like, David Copperfield hack? Yeah. Nightmare Alley. Meh. <laughs> I, th- I think it's worth seeing. It's really excellent, but it's, just curb your enthusiasm. There's no women fucking fish in this one. Yeah. There's no hell spawn fighting Cthulhu monsters. Yeah, very, very, uh, there's no tooth fairies eating people. Oh, there's no creepy Spanish-speaking, like, fawn who's <laughs> gonna sneak you through a maze and then during the Spanish War, Civil War, I don't know. I gotta watch that again. That's a great movie. If you displease the right people, the world closes in on you very, very fast. What's next, Ronnie? <laughs> Disappointment. Um, let's <laughs> see. I'm going to do a twofer here oh. and do it quickly. Uh, my favorite movie of the year. Um, it's not the best movie of the year, but it's my favorite one because it's made perfectly for me that I was trying to get you to watch so many times. I it's know. called Kid, The Kid Detective. I have talked about it in our Scooby-Doo podcast briefly. I rewatched it this morning just to make sure it was as good as I thought it was. And it is. It's a, a dark comedy about a... A 30-year-old who used to be a kid detective and him going through realizing that he's a sham, he's a loser, <laughs> he's pathetic, <laughs> and it, it makes you laugh, it makes you go, oh my god. It goes from absolute hilarious to absolute darkness, because it's, it's about murder and child abduction, and then it gets like even darker, and it ends with um, one of the best endings ever of just like a bittersweet kind of... I don't want to give it in a way. It's amazing. It's so good. It's only like 100 minutes. It's worth your time. It's my favorite movie. I saw it like in January. So I've been wanting to talk about this for 11 months. And Shane wouldn't watch it. So now I'm talking about it for 10 seconds. But Story of this podcast. Yeah. Well, Adam Adam Brody leads it. And then it, it, it makes one of all these like detective tropes. You'd love it. It makes one of all these like noir things. and <laughs> turns them on its head. And it's laugh out loud funny. And it's also cringy. It's great. I like it. Go see it. Well, instead of that one, I also try to get you to watch another one that you actually would like. This is so not up my alley, but it's called Night in Paradise. It's a Netflix movie. Um, it's Korean. Oh. So some people have a hard time, like, you know, subtitles. I don't. I love Koreans, Korean cinema. Koreans know their violence and know how to gut punch you really well. So Night in Paradise, which is no one's talked about. It's great, but you have to have a tolerance for violence. It's about a, um, a hitman for this um, uh, Korean mafia, and this Korean mafia is kind of, like, losing its power, so then he does this really, like, big hit to take off the uh, the bad guy, some kind of, like, you know, higher, like some kind of, like, general major and like, the other mafia, then he has to go lie low on this small Korean, like, little island to kind of get away from the heat, and then there's betrayal and backstabbing, and then it ends in absolute crazy, crazy violence. So it's right up your alley. Night in Paradise. I'm gonna, I'm but, gonna um, watch that for sure. It's, it's problem is it's two and a half hours long, and it's, and it's because most Korean cinema is long, and it's obviously in foreign language, so you have to read the subtitles. But it's great. The reason why I'm mentioning it is it's interesting because I was noticing it's a cool trope that the main character is dumb. Most like. <laughs> Most action movies 
James Bond esque Jason Bourne, the action star is like super intelligent, makes all the right moves. This main protagonist makes every wrong decision because he's just not smart and doesn't see he's being played. Because I knew in the first 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, they're going to play you. But he doesn't see that. He just kind of does what he's told. And because of he just follows blindly, he gets screwed over. But it's it's excellent. It's really well shot and acted. And the violence is top notch. So. I'm, I'm going to tell you a plot line that made me love Korean cinema. And then, because I can't remember the movie title, but then I'll insert it somewhere in here. Here's the, the plot. Oh boy. A detective for Soul, Soul PD unravels a serial killer plot and discovers a serial killer because he moonlights as a pimp and is losing prostitutes and is trying to find his lost prostitutes and unwittingly bus a serial killer in Seoul. I want to see this movie now. <laughs> it's he is this fat slovenly piece of shit detective that runs a bunch <laughs> of prostitutes and keeps losing prostitutes and he thinks another pimp is stealing his prostitutes. So he is trying to find the pimp that is stealing his prostitutes and discovers there's a serial killer in Seoul <laughs> that is murdering prostitutes. It's the best uh, not really a dark comedy. It's funny and it's like idea, but it's not played that way. And it's amazing. I will find the name for you. That's what I like about Korean cinema is they have a good sense of humor. We're like, we're like their movies aren't comedies because they're dark and violent and gritting, but the characters are just goofy and they get put in these situations like, um, kind of like a parasites excellent, but like those main characters are make all these fun jokes. It's kind of like a dark comedy. And then the same director did one called, um, Oh shit. Murders at midnight a few years ago. It's somewhere on my list. I got to find it, but it's an excellent one about like this, the, the longest running memories of a murder. It's a, but the longest running serial killer in seal history, which they actually recently just caught him hmm. finally. But like, I think it was like 20, 30 years. He was never caught. There was no evidence to point who he was. And this is a, the parasite director did it. It's really good. So there you go. Check out Korean cinema. They're doing an excellent job with really well-played comedy. Which is unlike our next film. <laughs> what did we watch next, Shane, that you made me watch? Um, a movie about dick jokes in a comet. <laughs> no, we watched, I almost said Judd Apatow, Adam McKay yep. stroking <laughs> his cock and writing another political thriller that is that actually kind of hits too close to home and is uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's called Don't Look Up. Have insert Leo just screaming. Mama, stop it now! Stop, Mama! Oh God! Don't look up. Is a bunch of pretentious pricks that get together to make a movie about how stupid we are and how the end of the world is going to happen and we're all going to know about it as it's destroying us. As I say that, I did kind of enjoy the film. It does have funny moments. Adam McKay can be a good comedy writer when he gets out mm -hmm. of his own farts. The worst thing to ever happen to Adam McKay was the big short because now <laughs> he fancies himself the most God-given satirical oscar-winning writer ever to grace this earth and it comes across in everything he does now but with that said fucking nails it man 
That is exactly, <laughs> if a comet is coming to Earth, that is exactly what's going to happen. And I guess we can get into it a little bit more. There's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet is what we call a planet killer. At this exact moment, I say we sit tight and assess. Sit tight and assess? Sit tight. And then assess. The sit tight part comes first, then you gotta digest it. That's the assessment period. Leo, I I liked him. He did Leo. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, I couldn't stand her. Oh my <laughs> fucking god. Her performance was just strange stupid and her character was so dumb and i feel like that's just how jennifer lawrence acts every fucking day where she's just too good for everyone but i listen to punk rock but she like can name punk rock bands but then she like puts on her dior and spits on homeless people and like you know what i mean like it just i'm sorry maybe jennifer lawrence is a great chick i doubt it I'm on the opposite end. I think Leo's fine. I don't think he adds anything to his character. I like his character though. I like the uh, the handsome scientist that <laughs> that kind of like the entirely detracts from the message. That's really funny and the, very the not Fauci. <laughs> yes, um, the not Fauci. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, who I don't like in general, was fine in this because her character is annoying, so she plays her annoying just fine. She kind of like. She's she's basically Adam McKay's write-in character, someone who's a little bit neurotic, super liberal and woke and screaming. Why aren't you paying attention? Why aren't you paying attention? <laughs> that is funny. But all but all all the same exact time benefiting from all the terrible shit going around too. So it's just like eh, whatever. Yeah. No one no no character walks away scot free from any of this. Yeah, everyone because that's what it does do a good part is that we're all human. And so everyone has their faults. Everyone at some point enjoys the chaos if they're benefiting from it, you know? Um, And nothing's real until it literally is smashing and killing everything. Yeah, this is the the hard part I have is like was annoying, which we'll get into another movie in a little bit later, is like Hollywood is lives the past hundred years of having its cake and eating it too mm-hmm. man aren't we progressive and open-minded we can make fun of ourselves all while being absolute millionaires and profiting off of the vanity the vapidness and just the absolute ignore what's really going onness of the world so doing a satire via a million dollar company like netflix with millions of actors who won tons of oscars it's kind of like do you get the tongue-in-cheek? Like, do you see the irony of it all? And it's a star-studded ensemble that can make fun of itself and then also make millions of dollars off of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's... That is something that you're like, wait a fucking second. You're all part of the fuckers that would leave us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're like... Because that's the funniest part of the film when the comet, spoiler alert, smashes into the earth and kills everybody. But the people that is... <laughs> you're... Sp- the, Your spoilers are so half-assed. The people that escape the planet are the richest, most piece of shit people ever. And it's so true that all our old fucking billionaires would get out of here to go start life anew. But they're all 80 years old and fucking mm-hmm. evil and terrible people. But they're the only ones that survive. Yeah. Um. There's some missed opportunities with that because Adam McKay basically gets into fart humor. But... Um, 
Jonah Hill, I like the idea of his character. Not, he was overplayed. He was hit or miss. Sometimes yeah. I was laughing out loud. Other times I was like, oh, okay, stop letting him improvise too much. Yeah. Um, it's a weird... My favorite character, my favorite performance actually is Mark Rylance, who plays the weird uh, Tim Cook, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> character. <laughs> He's he he's a great actor, but he always plays kind of like stoic, and he plays like a creepy robot in this. Yeah. He's great. Who, yeah, like who you're like, oh, he's so smart, and in the end, you find out he's completely just full of shit. <laughs> like he's just like the Steve Jobsy Elon Musk thing. He is, but he isn't. Though. Yeah, like he, he's he's overconfident in himself. I, I guess more like Bezos, kind of like a thing where well, like, oh well, well, no, because Bezos. Has a good business model. This guy's actually a genius. He just doesn't. He's just too arrogant to see what's going on. I will give Adam McKay that too. He does a good thing at blending. Like even the president, I was like, oh boy, here we go. It's just like it's Trump. It's like a Hillary Trump. It's like a Palin. Yeah, a Palin Trump Hillary. It's thing, this yeah. weird thing, and I like that he's just like they're all evil. We're all gonna die. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. My my biggest issue with it is. I wish it didn't get heartfelt because when it does that, it makes me say, okay, so you want to be heartfelt. What is your message? Because the message at the very end is Leo says, we did the best we could, which is not true. No. It's inherently not true. They did not do the best that they could. They they, they did what they could. And then Leo sort of pimps himself out with Kate Blanchett again. Mm -hmm. So like they didn't do the best they could. So what are you trying to say, Adam McKay? Is it just saying we're all going to die nihilistically? No, duh. That's not a huge hot take. Like <laughs> that's, that's, that's not like satire. It's just true. Yeah. It's like it's like thinking about um, like uh, Dr. Strangelove, that movie. It's a satire about the Cold War and saying like we all can be afraid of this, but in the end, the, uh, the, the, the presidents and the billionaires are going to be in an underground bunker while the world burns. <laughs> that's funny because... The fear of all these things doesn't matter. That movie didn't get heartfelt. It was just a satire. This yeah. movie tries to get heartfelt and has a serious moment where I guess the, the saying is family is important. But it's like that all you have to say? Like, like the, there's no solution to this? Yeah. Ignore everything and just have dinner? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I just would like to end it with fuck you, Adam McKay. I don't like you. I don't know. There's something about you. I don't like you. Um, how, how much did you laugh when... um? When fucking Ron Perlman was, <laughs> was oh like the, god, the, the Neil Armstrong. <laughs> he's like, he's like, kill me. He's like this, and everyone's just like, oh, is it is a different time? He he comes yeah. from a different time. <laughs> That's so on point of of just like of just like he's an American hero and he has all this terrible spouting. Shows his generation. dick to everybody and drinks and <laughs> says racist shit. He's a goddamn it's, hero. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off when like the, the rocket turns around. I'm like, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> All right, but I would say, um, sit down. It's it's worth a watch. It's long, and I think it should have ended a little early. But um, it's not terrible. And if you have a high tolerance for up your own assery, it's pretty good. Yeah, definitely have to have that. All right, end it with a Leo screaming again. You crazy bastard! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! I'm fucking arresting you! What the fuck do you do? Oh, you fucking idiot! What the fuck did you just fucking say? You just shut the fuck up!
Obama, he should keep his fucking opinions in the fucking insane asylum. And if your friend ever meeting. tries to plant coke on me again, you don't understand what I'm gonna do to you, bitch. Okay, let's talk about Shane's favorite type of uh, thing in the world that he didn't see any of these. Uh, musicals. Love them. I'm not a huge fan, but my wife loves them, so anytime a musical comes out anywhere, we have to watch it ten times. So, um, here's the musicals I saw. I'm, I'm gonna see if Shane can describe the plots of these movies he's never seen but they're musicals so maybe you can guess uh shane what's in the heights about um hamilton and a bunch of latin americans dance in the bronx yeah good job <laughs> yay um it's fine it's like c it's c level to me yeah. uh, because there's no internal conflict the conflict is rapport and rapport that's that's it there's like 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 there's no there's no conflict between characters. One character wants to go to... Now I'm going to be racist because I don't remember. Is it Puerto Rico? I think it's Puerto Rico. Oh, uh, yeah, because that's where... Um, what's his fucking name again? Lin -Manuel yes, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Lin -Manuel Miranda. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He wants to go to back to Puerto Rico to like follow his, follow his father's footsteps of like having a, a, a place there. Then he also wants to fuck this other girl. And then it ends with them winning the lottery so they can stay there. It's, it's, like, fine. Yeah, In the Heights, the only reason anyone even gave it a, a fucking look is because Hamilton was such the cultural bombshell that it was. I'm pretty sure that was his musical before Hamilton. Oh, yeah, but one. no one wanted to buy that until Hamilton. No. So, yeah, it's fine. Here's the one. So, I had never heard of this next one. So, oh. I texted Shane, because Shane's my musical expert, and I said, have you heard of this film? Shane, what is Dear Evan Hansen about? Or do you remember what you texted me you thought this movie was about? So, I'm going to try to remember, because I've actually listened to most of the songs. I really like the songs from Dear Evan Hansen, um, mm -hmm. and I've been wanting to see it live. I never see films on screen until I've seen them live, because they're just always better. Or not films, uh, musicals. Musicals, plays, yeah. Dear Evan Hansen is about a teenager that wants to fuck another teenager so he writes this love poem to the teenager, the chick, but it somehow is confused that it was meant for uh, his bully who kills himself. And then so the whole internet like goes like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And like, they think they were gay lovers. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, you know, it, was... it gets dark and suicide and he is living off this internet fame that was fake. Okay, that's actually perfect because when I texted you and said, "What is this about?" and you go, "I don't know, some gay kid." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "That's not what this is about at all." <laughs> so, I so the music is good because yes. my wife has heard the music before. But I asked her, "What's this about?" and she goes, "I think suicide." So I was like, "Oh, fun!" So we go see this movie, and it's terrible. Like I don't know who. Like the performances are fine, but like the plot of this. It's basically this kid ruins his family's life because he gets a little bit of fame and then everyone feels bad for him because he's suicidal, but he ruins this family's grieving process into thinking that their, their son's not an asshole, but he was an asshole. And then it has a terrible message about mental health and it's just awful. Like, I don't get why people think this is good. <laughs> you will be found. It's also, like, kind of preachy, but, you know, like, on live on stage, that kind of, like, preachy, dancey, we're gonna tap dance to this is okay. On a film, it's off-putting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd, 
I think it's a bad message for mental health. And the entire time I thought he was autistic and I was wrong. Apparently he's just socially awkward, but <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> but the point being is I was like, oh, are they forgiving him because he's autistic? And my wife goes, she's, he's not autistic. I'm like, oh, I thought he was. I thought no, this he's whole vaccinated. Point is- <laughs> ah, take that. Oh, now we're done with China. Damn, China just dropped us. <laughs> Onward to click, click, boom. I'll describe this one. Okay. Go ahead. So this is about Kevin James, and he has to pay for his house, which is going to foreclose. <laughs> so he decides to become an MMA fighter, and Joe Rogan and friends train Kevin James to bring the boom in the octagon. What I love is that like we did not prep this, and you had a perfect response to that. So thank you for... <laughs> oh, fuck, that's here comes the boom. <laughs> what's um, what's click click boom about it's about do you know the guy who um did rent the aids one yeah that yeah that <laughs> yeah, guy, that, the AIDS yeah, guy. yeah. Um, i like rent i i don't like rent i couldn't get through it my wife loves rent loves it i can't get through the movie Twenty five hundred um, yeah, i hate that yeah. song all right so my wife wanted to see this and we and it's about the playwright who wrote rents and his kind of like his first and a little bit his second play, which is called this. Click, click, boom is like a kind of somewhat autobiographical about him writing his very first musical. That's trash that no one did because it's like a. I want to see this actually. It's it's like a terrible space opera. It's like Dune and with like Queen sounding music. I'm like this sounds awesome, but no one bought it, so it was forgotten. Mm. But it's about him. It's about him writing it and just like the pitfalls of being an artist. And I didn't want to see it. I loved it. Because it's it's kind of torn, it's kind of realistic and kind of torn down. It's not over the top and ridiculous. It is sometimes, but not really. And those are the musicals I like. My wife likes the big ones, the In the Heights, the Rent, where everything's big, Wicked. And crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like this one because it's it's very much a character story. Andrew Garfield's great, so I like that one a lot. It's on Netflix. Check it out for free. We paid money for it because we didn't know it was on Netflix. Oh, all right, click click boom. Yeah, that one's really good. My wife didn't like it because she wanted more but whatever and last but not least shane what's west Side story about um it's about benny and the jets and um <laughs> people it's about gang violence but with tap dancing yeah i was gonna say it's not cool gang violence it's, it's like da, 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 yeah da, da, and it's about <laughs> steven spielberg having to pay his mortgage <laughs> it really is you it's the same fucking cucks I liked West Side Story. Leave it as it was, you fucking cuck. You E.T. hack. They don't even change it. There's nothing new. Because my wife and I, one of our first dates was actually West Side Story. So we wanted to see this because it actually meant something to us. And I thought they were changing things. Because there's like a mm-hmm. a character that's a, a female that wants to be a male. I was like, oh, this is so like they insert. She goes, no, this isn't the original. I'm like, really? This was in the original West Side Story. I didn't know that there's a female character who is it's like a transgender kind of like. It's analogy. like these issues have been around for a long time. We just had the I Catholic know, right? Church that wrote it out. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's our Catholic joke. So apparently, uh, Sondheim's a genius. It's transcends decades, but the movie's boring because the the lead who they picked was Ansel Elgort, and he's terrible. Ugh. He's a terrible lead. He's so bad. But Ugh. at least this time they actually had real Puerto Ricans. So. Well, and Steven Spielberg can't make an entertaining movie since the 90s. Like, he just can't fucking do it anymore. Minority Report. Okay, that was the last one. But Tom Cruise is more entertaining than Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I just don't like but, him anymore. It's sad. He's made some of my favorite movies of all time. And then 
He he did this. It's like George Lucas. He just wouldn't stop. He just wouldn't stop until I fucking hate him. Yeah, well, some people go the Scorsese route. Some go the other route that everyone else goes, so. Mm. West Side Story. Yeah, I like West Side Story, but this movie was pointless. Besides, like you said, money. We want more money. (laughs) (laughs) How about that West Side uh, Story? Make that again. I thought they're gonna change it. Like, if you're gonna remake something, then fucking change something. It's all the same thing. Like, nothing's changed. That would require balls. I think the only thing they changed was they moved one song order, and it doesn't fit. Like, they um after the kid gets stabbed, or, like they all like the the whole stabby stabby scenes. They go to the um the the like the uh, the the I feel pretty scene. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. a weird contrast in tones from murder to I feel pretty song. Yeah, watch the sound of music again. It's nice. I've never seen that. Oh, listen to our uh, review of it on my uh, working title, Top 250. I'm just going to bleep out the name of your podcast. Okay. What? Why? (laughs) (laughs) It's offensive. (laughs) All right, all right. Everybody sit down, sit down. It's a story of... We have to cut $48,000. Or raise the money. Oh, and who's going to do that? We will. There's not enough time. I went to three friends' funerals last year, and nobody is doing enough. I'm not doing enough. I want to fight mixed martial arts. This is crazy. Do you even know how to do that? No. The first gringo boy who smiles at you. What are you teaching these kids if you go through with it? What am I teaching them if I don't? I don't understand what happened. Our students, they're inspired. That's it? No story? Okay, next. We're going to talk about a show that we watched. Mm -hmm. Um... And that I actually haven't watched the last episode of, so... Oh no my god, then why are we doing this? <laughs> because I fucking love it! So shit your fucking mouth and we're gonna talk about it. The Witcher, season two. Roll it! <laughs> you haven't even seen it. Shut the fuck up. Alright, so The Witcher. Big fan of The Witcher. I read the books, played the games. Not the first two, they suck ass, but the third one's an incredible game. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I didn't finish the series. I didn't want to read the games, but whatever. No, hey, I read the books. Ugh, One thing man. I will say that the show shares with the books is the confusion on who people are. <laughs> While you read the books, the only people you know, you're like, I know who Yennefer is. I know who Geralt is. I know who Ciri is. I know who Vesemir is. And I know who Triss is. Everybody else has vaguely the same name. And, yeah. Oh, I know the who... The same character? In the show, is yeah, Skier, but in the book, it's Dandelion. And, like, you you know, like, the key characters. And everyone else, you're like, is that that guy? Oh, no, yeah. no, no, that's that's a different guy. Oh, that's Vilgefortz. No, Vilgefortz is the, the wizard guy. And the, oh, but then who's who's Ryance? Ryance is the fire it. guy. And you're like, asleep. okay, so what I will say is this. It's not made for filthy fucking casuals. So if you don't fucking <laughs> worship the Witcher, then fuck off and don't tell me how confused you are. Read a fucking book and maybe you won't be confused. Okay. Okay. So I like fantasy. Yes. I, my wife and I watched the Witcher and the, and we watched it like the, the like the beginning of the pandemic where like we actually had to be forced to stay inside during those fun days. Uh. And I got really trashed in those days. So I don't remember <laughs> anything from that show. So my wife and I are like, okay, let's try series season two. We're going to the recap thing, you know, because if you go on Netflix, it gives you a recap of the season before. Mm-hmm. We're like, I don't remember any of this. 
<laughs> so we're sitting there watching it. We we made it four episodes, and then that was last night. So I was like, okay, we watched the fourth one. It took us two weeks to watch four episodes. So <laughs> so it's not the worst thing ever. It's just I just don't give a shit because here's my problem. I don't know what the objective is. Lord of the Rings. They're gonna throw a ring in some fire. I understand everyone's motivation. What is the point of The Witcher? They're stopping the end of the world. What is the end of the world? It is winter. It is the entire... It's kind of like a Norse end of the world, where, like, the wild hunt will bring about winter and war, and basically the sun will explode. So, and the only thing that can stop it is a child of the Elder Blood, Siri. And so it's about getting her to her destiny, because she is the child of destiny. And so... Geralt, which he invoked the right of the surprise, surprise, which is a big, big thing with the Witchers, because a lot of people couldn't afford Witcher services, so they did the, what's it called, right of surprise, or it's basically like the first thing that the Witcher sees, uh, he gets. So sometimes it would be children for a lot of times, so that's how Witchers refilled their ranks. It's covered in the books, so fucking read them. Um... Who makes a TV show, spends millions of dollars for a TV show just for nerds that already know the fucking story? You need normals like me to like get involved and want to buy the video games and read this shit. And I'm just confused and I just want to stop watching it. I do wish they would like dumb it down a little bit for people, um, including myself. Sometimes I'm like, I read the fucking books and I'm like, wait, was that that guy? I just don't know who's doing what. Like, I thought Yennefer was bad, and now everyone thinks she's amazing. Yennefer is, uh, is a complicated character. Why is Henry Cavill doing his Christian Bale impression of Batman still? Because that's a why... girl talks. God, I fucking hate you. <laughs> why is there? Why is there a young girl in a castle full of men, and that no one's questioning this? Because she's definitely not going to survive a night there with all these horned up men. They're witchers. Oh, sorry, mutants. Wolverine's in there. Wolverine and Cyclops is going to buttfuck Siri. Siri, order me a rape kit. Okay, well, watch The Witcher. It's good. Henry Cavill's excellent. It's a fun show. Just don't think too hard or you'll hurt yourself. Um, And then play the video game. Play The Witcher 3. This is not a video game podcast, but that is literally the best, one of the best video games of all time. And it it really dives you into the whole Witcher and the whole series and lore and everything in a fun I, way. I think I played like 12 hours of it. It's really good. Yeah. So I just didn't finish it because I used to have no free time. Well, smoke some weed. Go play the Witcher. Um, really quickly, I have one TV show because I don't have the attention span for TV shows because my brain's stupid. So one TV show I want to talk about because we shit on Ray Romano this entire year and welcome to Mooseport. And he's <laughs> in a TV show called Made for Love and it's about um, a creepy tech guy who like forces his wife to stay with her forever and he wants to like do 
a, a transference and you, and you like and kind of like link their brains together. Uh, there's a word for this that, that nerds use. Is it called transference or oh uh, transcendence? Uh, Basically, yeah. he wants to do like the whole transcendence thing where like they're combined by brains and she's trying to get out of it. Ray Romano's her dad and he's great and he fucks a doll. Check made for love. <laughs> it's a it's it's a fun dark little comedy. It's a good one. Oh, there's a also a series I started watching. It's probably way old and not 2021 at all, but I think the, one of the seasons was released ish last year. Um, mm-hmm. The Expanse on Amazon. Watch it till season four. Just treat season three as the grand finale and be done with it. I saw two episodes. I liked it. My wife was bored, so we stopped watching it. But I like sci-fi. Yeah, it gets really good, and then it gets really bad, and now I don't watch it anymore, and I think there's even another season out. But Speaking of really good and really bad, since we're on TV shows and sci-fi, there's one on HBO Max called uh, Raised by Wolves. It's a Ridley Scott abortion, but the first episode is like a really cool sci-fi premise, and they resolve all the conflicts by the end, and then there's a series. So then I watched the first episode... Then I watch the second one. I'm like, oh, I'm bored. But the first see, first episode is like a really cool, like almost hour and a half sci-fi premise for a movie. Sounds like Ridley Scott. <laughs> okay. Um, I saw Blade Runner 2049 this year. If you haven't seen it, fucking see it. It's literally probably now one of my favorite movies of all time. And here comes the obligatory mentioning of your other podcast. Oh, working title. Which has four handsome part? I don't know. Okay, I also watched. I also watched Die Hard again this year. Fuck, <laughs> fuck! I love that movie. It's so fucking good. I watched Harry Potter and the Goblet of Flames, Fire, um, the one with Robert Pattinson, which made me super Just excited to see Robert Pattinson. Uh, Just that one movie. You saw the one in the tril- in the series. I really don't like the Harry Potter movies anymore. They're fucking dumb. The books are, are excellent. Yeah. Um, it just made me excited to see Robert Pattinson as a fucking Batman. I think he's gonna Did be you awesome. See the new fucking trailer. Oh my god. Oh fuck yeah! It's gonna be the Riddler. Also, um, I'm excited to see Batman and a Riddler because anytime I think of Riddler, insert Jim Carrey going. Oh, it's the Bat. Like, it's so gritty. It's so, it's so crazy, and I don't know how I'm gonna watch it without thinking of that. But uh, yeah. Are there any movies you're looking forward to this year, Ronnie? Before we get My into death. our last final talk. My death. Do you want to do the Matrix, or do you not want to do the Matrix? Oh yes. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I I was legitimately thinking about contemplating doing my own like little like Shane esque rant about this movie, but. I don't ran as well as you do. So I saw the Matrix uh, re-erections um, in theaters. She and I were supposed to go see it together, but I had to cancel. So instead, my grandpa wanted to go see it. So <laughs> shout out grandpa. He dragged me to see that. And we were so confused by this movie together. It was kind of fun. Him and I laughing in the movie theater. So Shane hasn't seen the movie. But what I'm going to do is I wrote down my synopsis of the film. And Shane is going to tell me when to stop if he thinks I'm lying about the plot. And if he says stop and he's correct, I will drink. And if he says stop and he's incorrect, then he must drink. Ready? Oh, boy. Okay. The movie starts out with the blue-haired woman watching the events of the first Matrix. Stop. Trying to figure out. It is true. Oh, my fucking God. (laughs) And trying to figure out 
why it has changed. Then a black Agent Smith chases her and ends up being a newer, less Lawrence Fishburne Morpheus. Stop. It's really Lawrence Fishburne. No. Oh! <laughs> I couldn't get him back. Then, Neo is a, is a game designer and is famous for making a video game trilogy called The Matrix. No! Drink. Are and you shitting me? And is forced by his boss, who names drops Warner Brothers, to make a fourth installment to this game. This, this isn't real. He is then depressed, oh. talks to misogynist fat friend, and meets Trinity in the new Matrix. No. Neil Patrick Harris is the analyst, not a joke, and is the new architect who resurrected Neo and Trinity and put them back into the Matrix because their hot burning passion is robot feel like no other. What the fuck? A ragtag group of non-binary sexually fluid people saved Neo by reenacting everything from the first Matrix movie. The, the new Agent Smith is played by King George from Hamilton and wants Neo dead because Hugo Weaving was too good to return to this movie series. What the fuck? Fighting happens. It ends with Trinity being the one for no explainable reason within the film. So the hero goes from being a man to a woman and everyone champions Lana Wachowski for her artistic bravery while a female cover Rage Against the Machine ends the song with Wake Up. Subtlety. What the fuck? What? Go see Matrix Resurrections in theaters now. It's... it. So, it's it's the Matrix, but in an alternate universe that watches the Matrix and then partakes in the Matrix? Don't, don't try to fucking <laughs> make sense out of this. It's, it's like they literally make a new Matrix because at the end of the last one, they end the Matrix and the machines just do it again because why wouldn't they? But this time the... Architect is Neil Patrick Harris, who says, who calls Trinity a bitch to her face, and then says, get a leash on your dog. Women were easier to control in the past. Out loud, on camera. Oh my god. And um, it's just basically another Matrix. And, so, Adam, and Adam McKay didn't write this? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's all true. It's all, it's all real. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Dude, the Wachowskis... I don't know. Just the one. Just the one. Oh, they couldn't get sense. the other one. Yeah, probably because they didn't want to. Um, <laughs> yeah. The first Matrix was so different and interesting. And really, like, if you look back at it, not like the best movie of all time. It kind of changed things mm-hmm. with like how it did slow-mo and some of the cinematography and stuff. But like, they fell apart with writing. I don't think there was a good movie. Have you ever seen fucking uh, what's the Channing Tatum where he's a dog and he oh, fucks he's a, uh, 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 Ascension uh, Atlas Ascension Ascension what is it fucking called? Not Cloud Atlas. Shrugged. No, no, no. Uh, Cloud Ascension. Atlas was a boring movie with Tom Hanks. It's Atlas Cloud Atlas. This, this one's called Ascension, right? Jupiter, Jupiter ascending, Jupiter, ascending, Jupiter ascending. Yeah. all shit, ascending testicles. Uh, just. Utter shit, and I had no high hopes for this, but good fucking god, that got greenlit and filmed. I 
see the I think the Wachowskis did B for Vendetta, right? No. I think they did that. I'm gonna say no. Yep. Oh, oh no, they wrote it. They wrote it, but they didn't direct it. Oh That's why. well. Last good thing they did then. Fuck them though. Don't ever make a film again. This movie didn't like offend me because political ideology. I don't really care. Champion yourself. It's fine. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't offend me at all. And the Matrix movies are trash. Like the third one's terrible, and it was always terrible. Even when I was a kid, when I saw, it, I was like, "This isn't good." So I doesn't really like, bother me. It just it was fascinating. That's why I had to do my little rant because like it's just fascinating to see what they did with this. It's just weird. Nothing like a. There is there, there is a line in the there's a line in the film when Neo and Trinity are talking within their Matrix selves and, and then and Trinity goes uh, is uh, I see a lot of you in your character of Neo and then and then Keanu Reeves on Ambien says very slowly I guess sometimes artists put themselves into their own work and I'm just like ha got it you think you're Jesus Wachowskis and you're not you fuckers now to a good movie. Oh my god. Okay, so last year we ended our wrap-up by talking about a movie for a little bit longer than we probably should have. We watched The Fat Man with Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. I'll come while you sleep and rip you from your covers. By my hand, you will know the consequence of your actions. So don't screw it up. The fat man's got his eye on you, kid. And I found another movie with Mel Gibson, but Shane didn't want to talk about that one. Oh, no. Instead, Shane, what did we watch? We watched Cuba Gooding Jr.'s, I think he wrote it, acted, and directed in, alongside co-star Richard Dreyfus in the critically acclaimed <laughs> four and a half, 4.7 stars out of 5 on Amazon. <laughs> That's a lot. He must have made so many burner accounts. I'm like, <laughs> buy you caviar. Roll it. He's no bouncer. He's Rodney Jones. Yeah, he's Rodney Jones. Yeah. We all fans. Money, you still in the game? Damn. What happened to you? I got interested in other things. Okay, so I'm going to try to explain the pot, and you're going to try not to laugh. Okay, before you do that, let me, let me tell you how I found this movie. Okay. This movie came out in 2018. I have never heard of this. I thought Cuba Gooding Jr. was dead. I know he was OJ and he did a good job, but I thought he died after that. <laughs> in like a weird Bronco accident. So I'm scrolling through my Amazon Prime. My Amazon Prime only has two things on there. Sex, death, cult, murder, mm-hmm. madness, sadness, and terrible, trashy like B-movies. Guess which one this fell under? <laughs> all of them a little call yeah it's like a little call <laughs> my little call b yeah go ahead shane Des- describe for our listeners what bayou caviar is okay i'm going to attempt this ronald jones later known as ronald johnson halfway through the film <laughs> you noticed that too yeah <laughs> literally changes their name because it's rodney rod yeah rodney um is a former boxing champion who goes to the hospital to talk to his former manager who he left to become champion with another manager. Okay. I so forgot the, that the entire movie was a flashback. Yeah. Then he works at a club owned by a guy and 
gets distracted when two underage girls sneak into the club and one gives him his number. Meanwhile, Richard Dreyfus is a Russian mobster who hires Orthodox Jews to do his accounting. I'm not even fucking joking. <laughs> but the one... And they're also lawyers, too. And, <laughs> and the other the one, Shlomo, <laughs> who is the world's worst actor ever. <laughs> like, literally is reading the, 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 the script as he's saying it. Um, doesn't want to be his accountant lawyer anymore. He wants his booby, his cousin, um, <laughs> to, to be it. So Richard Dreyfus says, well, that's not going to be allowed. So we have to get dirt on this guy because no one can work for him without dirt. Okay. No, that's what I thought too. But by the end, he, he, he says he didn't want this guy. He, he wanted to keep the other the the shlomo in his pocket. Every everyone's motivation changes with the wind. Okay, sorry, sorry, I, I'm sorry for interrupting you. You're on a roll. Let's okay, so, okay, so shlomo and his booby. He wants his booby to take over, and um, and Richard Dreyfus, who is Russian apparently, says no, it is not allowed. So, um, he says okay. So then they have to get dirt on him. So then Rodney Jones slash Johnson is being a bodyguard for you're the... getting a really important character. You're forgetting... Um, the camera uh, person. The, yeah, you're forgetting her. I'm, I'm going to get there. So okay, okay. Rodney slash Jones Johnson um, is being the bouncer... who's a bouncer for this club, is now hired as a bodyguard for the club owner, and they go to meet someone, but they're not there. So then they go to the fucking Russian guy for some reason, and he goes, I don't like you, and he shoots him. And, and then so... <laughs> He feeds him to an alligator and then hires the bodyguard that was there because <laughs> why? Because, um, and he says, you, you're going to make a, a six. No, he just says, I need dirt on this guy and you're going to make it happen. Um, no, 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 no. He didn't say it like that. He said it with the Russian accent. You, you're going to dirty this guy because in Russia, dirt get on you. And so, <laughs> so then he hires him to do that. Why? He doesn't know him, but Okay. So Rodney Jones Johnson goes to his photographer friend who is actively being sued for sexual harassment and is also raping her photographer people? No, her her model. He's not raping she's not raping her, but she's definitely abusing her power. Skeezy thing where like, oh, I can get you in touch with people in the biz and stuff like that. And Rodney Jones Johnson, while trying to get dirt on this guy sees the girl that he let into the club that's underage. I, she's like 16, I guess, or something. And no, she's 16, then she's 17. Uh, she changes in she, a matter of days. She is 16, going on 17, just about to be raped. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> So he meets her and gets coffee with her. And she really likes him, apparently, for some reason, even though he's... 38 but in real reality 67 um oh yeah that that made me laugh out loud when he says he's 38 and so she has coffee with him and he goes oh i know what to do with her we're gonna frame this guy to have sex with an underage girl on camera and he says like oh she's like oh my god like kim kardashian is like the best and i want to be a youtube star so he goes oh perfect the sex tape's the way to do it Nothing like setting up some random middle class lawyer 
to get famous. Okay. Um, so he goes with his photographer. She doesn't want to, but then she just does and agrees to this. Meanwhile, he is managing an uprising boxing guy. That's left. Who gives a fuck? So then... Yeah, that's forgotten right quick. So then he sets up this guy. She seduces the booby. That's how I'm going to refer to him. Um, <laughs> to have sex with him. And uh, this, like, weird thing that if she was 18, it would be super hot. But she's 16, so you're just cringing. Um, but, <laughs> so... <laughs> So they he, she just it's Louisiana dude. They it's don't so know. sleazy. So she seduces him. They film them fucking on camera, and then meanwhile she has a stepdad who's. This is the first hour, and okay, okay, I gotta stop you right there. This is the first hour of the film, and everything is shot in thirty second increments. Yes, it jumps. If it sounds like we are talking out of order, it's not because the fucking movie is edited out of order. Everything jumps every thirty fucking seconds. It's, it's so insane, unreal. So, meanwhile, the 16-year-old has a stepdad who married her stepmom, who's a fat Jabba the Hutt slob, but he <laughs> married her for a green card, I guess? But he, he also apparently wants to fuck her. And uh, he's like, oh, you're not a bad person. So he's helping her, and then the sex tape gets made, but... For some reason, they had to send it off into an editor instead of just sending the raw footage. Why the fuck? Would, not even that. Uh, why can't you just... Like, it, it's what? a sex tape. Yeah, for, but, but it's got to get edited but you're not down. editing it. You're not editing it. You just got to show the clip. <laughs> it's like a 10-second clip. You don't have to edit it. So, you just got to show it. <laughs> but it's out for editing. And the editing's taking a while. And the Russians are becoming impatient. But meanwhile... The 16-year-old is like, I don't want it anymore because she talks to her friend who goes, well, I had a friend who had a sex tape, and it got released on the internet, as opposed to where else would the fucking sex tape go? And she had to switch schools, and her life was ruined. Okay. That was her mom. So now it's like an indictment on... Now it's an indictment on porn or something. So then her step... She tells her stepdad, who is like, oh, no. So he's going to help her out. So... No, no, no. It's even better. He keeps saying to her, did you learn your lesson? Did you learn your lesson? So as she's sitting there crying and her life is ruined, he goes, well, I hope you learned your lesson, young lady, about, about fucking older guys. And he's also like, so there's there's a tape? <laughs> like, 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 there's really a tape? <laughs> Where can I find this tape? And you're in it? Like, so, so, like, he goes, I'm going to solve this. And he goes. Um, meanwhile, the photographer's like affair that she's having with one of her models it's her model that, that's cheating on her and they're both women but she's married to a man but wants to have kids with him it doesn't really matter she's just there for it's this one reason fucking dumb so the model for some reason she is just blaring the sex tape in her office like apparently it was out for editing but she's just viewing the raw footage or something i don't know but so She's doing that, and the model finds it, and you just hear, eh, 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 and, and blowjob noises. They insert blowjob noises, which is real. we can talk about this later, but so, okay, I'm going to speed this up. So, she finds it, she gets mad, she goes out to help her with her car, because the car's broken down. Guy sneaks into the house, stepdad sneaks in, he steals it, but then he, do he tells the 16-year-old he destroyed it, but he didn't destroy it, he's trying to 
give it back to the land, the booby for a hundred thousand dollars so that he can leave <laughs> so that he doesn't get his green card revoked. So he leaves her some money for a college that apparently she got into. Um, and then Ronald, Ron, Rodney Jones is mad because now they're trying to find it, but he finds him really easy, knocks him out, gets the, gets the thing back, gives it to the Russian. The Russian kills the guy. Uh, and then Shlomo still has to work for him. And then uh, Rodney Jones fucks her, but but we find out later he doesn't fuck her. And uh, okay, hold on, hold on. He, he fucked her earlier. We think allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Then the, then the photographer leaks the footage. Yeah, because oh no 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 yeah the photographer is now trying to fuck the sixteen year old for some oh, reason. Oh yeah, they yeah. Came out of and nowhere. Then, and then the sixteen year old is just like you know what I'm out. Too many old people are trying to fuck me. My stepdad's trying to fuck me. The Russians trying to fuck me. I got fucked by Booby. Like, so, she's out. And then the photographer's like, you fucking cunt! No one says no to me! And then uploads it online for some reason, because that's... Which implicates her. She uploads a video she made, like, online. Cops get involved. A child pornography. This is not just some porn. This is child pornography. This is sex trafficking with minors. I... So then, that gets blown up. Everything goes to shit. And it ends up with Richard Dreyfus in the apartment with Rodney, um, and he shoots Rodney. Then there's this room moment where she is also there and comes in and weeps over his dead body. No, 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 no. You missed this part. This is my favorite scene because uh, they're at Rodney trying to intimidate him. Then the girl knocks on the door, rings the doorbell, and then Richard Dreyfus says to him, "Bring the girl in here." Yeah. Then they have a, a scuffle. They kill Cuba or shoot Cuba Gooding Jr. off camera. Yeah. We don't get to see it. Yeah. And then they forget that there is a girl, a witness, who is coming into the apartment. They just magically leave. And then she rats them out. And then becomes famous because apparently now Rodney Jones is famous again. Um, and Oh, and because no, no, like... She's famous. Yeah, because like everyone gives a shit about New Orleans politics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking A. But, uh, so she becomes famous and a star because of this and her relationship with Rodney. She reveals that Rodney never fucked her. He, okay, yeah, he never fucked her. Um, and then... He, uh, he just got her naked and they made out because she's definitely walking around his apartment naked. Yeah, I just, fuck me. And, um... The end. Oh, and then it ends. No, no. It oh! ends with him in the hospital. Yes. It ends with him in the hospital, and they're talking about how amazing of a fighter he was. And then he's apparently paralyzed. Then his hand moves, and then the criminal existence. Shane, how does this movie end? The oh, final thing. He dedicates it to his dead dad. <laughs> <laughs> this movie about child sex trafficking and pornography. He dedicates Murder. to his loving father. It's like it's like Cuba Gooding Jr. saw Snatch and said, <gasps> "Yes, Snatch." Those are my notes. I said, "Snatch <laughs> meets Epstein." <laughs> <laughs> he saw Snatch, and then he wanted to do it in the Bayou for whatever reason. Because there's so many scenes, and if I really cared, we could just sit there and talk about this. Is just like Snatch. There's it, there's a there's, there's a whole pig farm scene. It's a beat for beat Snatch, but if he's a Let's see here, Turkish. Here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna videotape that little girl fucking that guy, and then I'm gonna feed you to the crocodiles. 
but but instead of any like editing style and energy and excitement it's just everyone's in a frowny face everyone's miserable the entire film is shot flat it is from a flat fucking angle and people are just walking towards the camera staring sadly into the camera and then it clips every 30 fucking seconds to a, a completely new scene. And don't, It is baffling. And apparently there's a score, quotation marks, that someone wrote. And literally just goes... There's... Someone put stock music in. Yeah. I think that's what they did. They called it, it their It sounds score. like music that... It sounds like movie that music that I put into our podcast. It's free soundtrack music. It, and it's like this weird, like ominous sound. But they even put it over the love scenes, so everything is ominous. Nothing in this movie is not ominous. Yeah, yeah and every time they there's that once oh, there's tons of scenes that that don't pay off. But there's a one scene when um every time they show the boxing arena with him in it, there's one scene when like the. Uh, the uh, Russian Dreyfus's henchman goes and talks shit to him a lot. There's one scene when like it zooms in on Cuba Gooding Jr.'s face, and this music goes like dun 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 dun, and then it ends with that's it, because you think that's gonna be a confrontation. He's gonna fight this guy because he's getting so put up, and just ends with his face just looking that and intense, and he just walks away. I'm like, like what the fuck? Who scored this? It's just, it's fucking this whole thing. But like, what I thought this movie should have been. And it doesn't mean that it would have been better. Was I thought it was gonna be just looking at it, especially when in the beginning when it's like jump rope and stuff, and like mm-hmm. it, Cuba Gooding Jr. obviously likes boxing or is interested in it. Okay, mm-hmm. so make the movie about this washed up ex champion boxer in New Orleans, right? Who starts this weird little Lolita love affair with an underage minor. So it can be kind of dirty and. Ugh. But it's about him not letting go of the past. So then you could even tie in this idea of like he dates this young girl because she reminds him of when he was younger and virile. And, you know, like this, it's still dark and dirty and not right. But at least it's got some fucking plot and some heart to it. But he he's mixing a hundred different movies into one. Yeah, I was thinking like he wrote this on like a Coke binge. And then, like, put this script aside for a year. Then he was coming off of coke and getting onto like a like, like a pill addiction because the entire movie is so boring and he just looks miserable in yeah. this role. Like, it's it's like he didn't even want to act in it. Maybe he couldn't get another star. He maybe he just wanted to direct it. But oh my god, he just looks like looks like he was a boxer in real life. He won an Academy Award, and and this like. God, give what you will about Nick Cage. He normally fucking spices it up when he's on screen. No, I was looking at Cuba Gooding Jr.'s IMDb, and like, well, he'll he, he does like a very Nicolas Cage thing where he does all these like, like trashy foreign movies that are made, you know, for action films that are made for ten cents, and he gets you know eight cents out of it, mm-hmm. basically. So like, he, he's been doing that, and I don't know why. Hollywood won't touch him anymore. Maybe he said something. Maybe he wouldn't. He wouldn't like let someone else diddle him. I know he was in like some terrible movies. Maybe they blackballed him. I don't know. But this movie says why they should stay away from Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh God, he thought it was a good idea to make a movie about fucking kids and videotaping it, like, and inserting blowjob noises. 
Like, literally, you're watching this, and you're like, okay, we get it. She's going to blow him. All you have to do, especially when you're dealing with, like, a touchy subject such as, like, underage, like, sex trafficking, you you give the, you know what's happening. You know what I mean? She goes to her knees type thing, and then you cut away. You know what's happening. You don't have this weird shot where you just hear... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you could do these things in a movie like i think of like the, the girl the dragon tattoo where it's like very uncomfortable sex scenes that are very rapey and they and, have, and you have that you have that like industrial sound that's kind of amping up to create the awkwardness but you need to do is set up characters and like Make it believable and like the reasons why things are interconnected are real. And you have to have fucking likable people. You can just have these trash humans being trashy. Doing awful things. And yeah, it's... Oh my god. What a piece of shit. What a colossal piece of shit. Tommy Wiseau would be like, I don't get it. Why Why is he boxing? Well, mm-hmm. well you mentioned the room and it... One thing that did remind me is that, is they always say, man, Rodney was the best. He was so nice <laughs> and a great ro- and boxer. But there's literally nothing to show that. There's like 10 seconds of flashbacks in which he doesn't do anything kind. The only redeeming thing, I shit you not, we're not high being hyperbolic. The only good thing that Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character does is he doesn't fuck her. Which he has no problem he, letting her be, be be recorded on camera, set it up. He's involved in sex trafficking for an underage person. But at least he didn't put his dick in her. Because it was like this weird like scramble to like make him look like the hero at the end. Yeah, I guarantee... Because I, I, there's two writers on this. I guarantee the writer's like, Hey, uh, Cube, you can't be the hero if you diddled the, the, you know, the, the child over there. <laughs> but once again... Like, good, he didn't do that, but that doesn't redeem any of the actions he's done before, all the terrible things. He said he was my protector. So then they're trying to do this idea of, like, he's this weird mentor, but he fucking ghosted her after she got fucked on camera. And and he's supposedly supposed to help train this new boxer that never goes anywhere. He's supposed to have a fight on Showtime. Just throwing out a name out there you might know, just because. Uh, <laughs> this... And then... Oh, and then my favorite part. So, uh, the the photographer is played by Famke Jensen, and then Cuba Gooding Jr. having a conversation. And they're talking about man how how women are the problem in the world, and that women are accusing men of doing terrible things to them. How dare they? And they say the words only in Trump's America. Yes. And then the next scene, they do these terrible things to women. <laughs> I, it is. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand what this movie's trying to say. Because on one hand, you're like, oh, is this an indictment on, like, porn and how it uses, like, a lot of the times underage girls or these girls that are, like, vulnerable and stuff like that and then post it online for free and ruins their life? But then on the other hand, they'll be like, yeah, those fucking bitches, she wanted it. Like, this is dumb. Like, it's like a weird, like, he's defending himself, too. Yeah, he's defending his actions. He's also defending... Her actions, she mentioned the Kim Kardashian, which they'd mentioned way too much in this um, movie. Basically, the girl says she's my idol because she was filmed being fucked and now she's the most powerful person in the world. And then she just becomes Kim Kardashian. So I guess porn is empowering, especially if you have no say over it. I, I'm saying this. Uh oh. I, I can't. I just. Buy you caviar. Don't watch it. 
Fuck. Oh, watch it. Watch it the amazing. Fat Man instead. That's a good question. What would you rather rewatch? Bayou Caviar or Fat Man? Oh, Fat Man. At least Mel Gibson runs around fat shooting people with guns. Oh, but that movie's just like boring. This one is fascinatingly bad. Yeah. You also get epilepsy. When you say it cuts every 30 seconds, it's literally like three lines are delivered. Scene. Next scene. Yeah, it's not hyperbolic. Every scene is about 30 to 45 seconds long, and then it fades to black almost every fucking edit. It is it is shocking. And uh, it's so weird to know that I've seen Jerry Maguire. And this is... This movie, too, falls victim. I had never heard of it until... Uh, I'm not going to reference my other podcast again. I just did. Um, <laughs> Chekhov's Gun. If you're going to show... If you're going to have someone shoot someone in the third act, you have to show the gun in the first act and show it loaded somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, you have to show the gun. You have to show it be loaded. I know you're, ta- I know you're talking about, yes. Yeah. So, like, you can't just introduce things all of a sudden. You have to have setup. And I will point back to a movie that I referenced earlier. Die Hard does this perfectly. If you ever <laughs> want to see... For a little bit, genuinely, though. Like, if you ever want to see a movie that has is so tightly written... Die Hard, every single thing from the feet to every gun to everything that happens is set up somewhere in the film. There is a seed planted. There is a switch flipped. There is something set that is there for when it happens. This movie is like one scene he has shoes and the next scene he's going to run across the glass without shoes. And you go, what happened to his fucking shoes? No, they just wanted a scene with, you know what I mean? Like, Cuba just wanted that scene, so he just puts it. So, in other words, the best movie of the year 2021 is Die Hard. Go watch Die Hard again. Roll it. I'm sorry. Too late for that now, kid. What did I always tell you? Answer me. Show me you can be great, kid. Show me you can be great. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, uh, motherfucker! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend Bayou Caviar, but if you're um, if you have two hours, this movie is yes. a fucking slog, and you like to watch things that are incompetently written and directed, check it out. But it's but like I like to watch miserable movies, and this movie is miserable in the wrong way. This is a good love to hate movies. You know what I mean? Like if you love to just watch bonkers shit made and see people that you recognize and be like what the fuck and then uh and it's also like like they it's it's one of those movies that like it says something and you know exactly where it's going to go and you're like i don't want to be here anymore because you know as soon as since you're talking about the 16 year old girl and her dreams i'm like i know where this is going and i want to turn this off now but i'm dedicated damn it to this podcast this reminded me a little bit Except I enjoyed the other... You know the movie with John Travolta where he play, He goes, like, full handicap? Oh, uh, yeah, he plays Moose. Moose, uh, yeah. The, the the fan, I think it's Yes, fan. where your jaw is just kind of dropped the entire time. No, the Fanatic. Sorry, the yes. fan. The narrow and it's just incompetently made, but at least the Fanatic had John Travolta really sending it. <laughs> Like, yeah, he was he was he was basically modeling his behavior after radio, which is not a Cuba Gooding Jr. I wish Freddy Krueger would come and chop off your head and it would roll in the street in a 
truck would squish it, and the blood would splatter everywhere, and everyone would watch it. Merry Christmas! Present for me! No, 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 that's not for me, that's for me. What's your name, son? Radio. Radio, huh? Yeah. Hey! Oh! I can't talk too long. I gotta poo. Yeah. Um, Full circle. Wow. Well, we'll end it with that. You already mentioned it. Anything you're excited for for next year? Um, I'm pretty excited to see the Batman. Um, I, I hate fucking movie, superhero movies, so hopefully it's like towards the back end of next year. Um, it's in March. You showed... Uh, fuck me. Uh, you showed me a preview for... I think it's called The Norse... What was it? The Northman? The Northman. That looks fucking yeah. good. It's by the director we like that made The Lighthouse and mm-hmm. uh, The Witch. And it's an action film by him, which is going to be curious. I bet they showed all the action, and this movie's three hours, and that is there's only 15 minutes of action in the entire film. Uh, Perfect. It's my kind of movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, like, they probably chopped it to really send it, but I like, uh, it's not Skellen Skarsgård. That's Alex. Oh, Stellan's the dad. Uh, this is Bill. No, this isn't Bill. This is Alex, right? Yeah. Alex? One of the Jack Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah, Alexander Skarsgård. Um, he's good. I like him as an actor. Um, he has oh, a very yeah. specific kind of role he plays, but he does yeah. well at getting casted in it. Yeah, it looks like Beowulf and Hamlet. Kind yes. Of um, but yeah. And I'm into it. I'm excited for that. I'm ex- Are you excited for the new Uncharted movie. Is there some embarrassing Mark Wahlberg I can insert? Like, oh, oh, fucking Mark, the trees? Marky Mark in the, oh yeah, it's happening. It's, oh no, it's happening. <laughs> no. I don't know. The toxin? The toxin is affecting them? Are those people killing themselves? You were with a private. What do we do? We need to do something. Just let me think. They're dying. I need a second. They released it? We're not near the road. We can't just stand here as uninvolved observers. I need a second, okay? Just give me a second. We're not going to be one of those assholes on the news who watches a crime happen and not do something. We're not assholes. Just a second. There were children in that group. Elliot, please tell us what to do. I need a second, okay? Why can't anybody give me a goddamn second? Fucking, that is going to be such a bullshit. I mean, any time that they release a movie... And the fan backlash changes how the movie is already made. Like, what kind of filmmaker goes like, all right, let's drop it, drop the preview. Uh, this is coming out. And they go, he needs a fucking mustache. And so they go back and CGI in a mustache on Mark Wahlberg. Like, fuck movies now. Oh, yeah. Fuck movies now. Done with them. Done with them. Get them. Happy New Year. <laughs> Gonna watch Die Hard. Yeah, John um, McTatarin is a good filmmaker, but won't pay his taxes. Which is a, always a sure sign of a good filmmaker. If they're in trouble with the <laughs> law, they probably make very good films. Unless you're Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Roman Polanski. <coughs> Woody Allen. <laughs> oh, this is this is a deep cut. Um, that movie it was called uh, fucking shit. Um. What's that racist one by the KKK? Um, oh, um, oh, I know song. what you're talking about. Um, something America. Uh, 
Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. Yes. Yeah. So so I think five years ago, uh, a black director made a movie called Birth of a Nation to kind of counterbalance the name of that movie. Mm-hmm. And then as it was coming out, it turns out he was a, like a wife beater. So then everyone stopped talking about that movie of like immediately and it got like absolutely canceled and no one watched it because it's supposed to be like an Oscar darling. Yeah. And then everyone dropped it so quickly. So that's where it went. Because I was like, whoa. I mean, I, I was like, you know what? If you're going to do like a movie like that, that's a good one to do. Hey, I'm going to remake Birth of a Nation as a black director. That's that could be good. You know, just probably don't beat the shit out of your spouse. Allegedly, I don't remember. He, I think that's what it was. I don't remember what he did. <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as allegedly anymore. I can't wait to find out what we get canceled for. I eat. Don't, don't look at our search. Don't look at our search history. They'll see that we had caviar Bayou. Yeah, Bayou caviar on there. If you pay me enough on Patreon, I'll do something to get canceled. I'll do it for Deal. free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it right now. Uh, well, another year down. What What do we do now? Happy 2022 and go fuck yourselves. Let's just change this podcast to do blowjob noises. <laughs> wow, if we didn't lose listeners. <laughs> they had blowjob noises. Uh, 2022 is going to be really bad. <laughs> Okay, you guys spent 20 minutes talking about Hawkeye. <laughs> Dude, I died when my friend's like, yeah, his name's Hawkeye, so he likes to perch. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, God, it's so stupid. It's so fucking <laughs> stupid. And it's on the list of best movies ever made. You do realize that, like, IMDb is the Wikipedia yeah. of movies, right? Yeah, well, they should die. Um, when J.K. Simmons... I thought when that chi- when she came up that he was going to murder her because I thought it was going to be about the unborn child kind of thing. But they didn't take anything with that. And then, um, okay, one second. Your, your shit, you have like stuff in the background. Oh, fuck. Hold on. Apparently, Ronnie lives on a flight line. Yeah, could you shut the fuck up? I'm trying to make money on Patreon. Pause. I gotta pee. Oh my god. <laughs> Leaving it running. I guess I'll talk to myself then. I'm gonna talk about a bunch of movies. I wanna talk about so many things that Shane didn't watch anything, so stay tuned to my separate podcast called Ron Rants, where I talk about movies that I love and didn't just shit on because I have nothing better to do with my life. Also, join our Patreon. Thank you, Jesus. Okay back so that's why white people always be superior oh hey what's up um so 